I went and saw some family that I hadn't seen for a long time and everyone commented on the mustache. And I was just like, every time someone gives me a good compliment, it's just like another reason not to shave it off. But every other day, I'm just like, I'm going to get rid of it. I hate this thing. (laughs) And everyone's just like, no, you look so good. I'm like, there was, there was a, a thought of shaving it on stage at way West. That was an ask. I was like, ah, I would have done that, but. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, do do a bounty for charity like the the mohawk condos <laughs> clean shaven for charity <laughs> yeah people do it people actually do it. i'll be uh, honest i used to be a streamer and i had people that came into my stream and was like hey for a donation would you shave your beard and hair when i had a beard that was like down to here and ooh. hair that streamer? Matched. yeah Stre- streamer or streaker Streamer, streamer. <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't think anybody wants to see that for me. Now. I am losing weight, but we're nowhere near that. Okay. Just imagine, like a streaming streaker. You wear GoPros on you as you're running. Like you have the drone that follows you. Yeah. You could get a counter this, and the drone just. You could do a counter fundraiser for that. Like if we raise enough money, I will not streak on camera. And it's like. <laughs> I will break into your broadcast if you bring oh, the news. What did you do to me? We're going straight into the quad. I shaved my head once as a uh, oh, when okay. I was like sophomore okay. in high school, and I I was stupid and did it in the middle of winter. Never never shave your head in the middle of winter. Stuff gets yeah. real cold real quick. Like I, I, I did that on swim team, and I did also did a mohawk for uh for DefCon for Mohawk Con. I'm pretty sure the swim team one isn't out there, but the uh, the Mohawk Con one is out there. Mm. So wait, it looks like you're saved because uh, Trypto Ham is here. Yeah, he <laughs> he's gonna, listen, he's going to Tryptotize us. Listen, don't ask questions. That's fair. We are we are we live. By the way, have to, yeah, we're live. We thought I was going to have to run the news. That was kind of it's going to go straight downhill real quick. Why don't we just finish each other's sentences? Great job. Uh, this is going super sand- smooth. I was going to say sandwiches, but who's you know. playing violin? Uh, yeah, let me let me uh, send a DM. It's not like I live with a professional viola player or something. That was that was some good O scent you just released. That that's gonna. They already knew the the people who are good at O scent already knew. <laughs> so did anybody actually read the news? There was there was some good stuff, some crazy stuff. Yeah, I, I did read the news. Well, not all of it, but I, I read whatever was like the top stories. <laughs> I was looking for the football scores. They weren't in there. <laughs> Where, where's our traffic, that, weather, and sports? Yeah, we haven't had that. Is that how you pick your pass- passwords, Kelly? You take the, the scores? <laughs> um, Maybe. <laughs> Don't pick any Hawkeye games, that's for sure. Uh. Oh, I'm a Badger fan, and it's it's been a, a season that tests our um, loyalty. All right, I just keep betting the under. Brian, I got tired of you not letting me borrow your time machine, so I had to go steal another one. <laughs> Is an X-Wing a time machine? Okay, so not a time machine, but I got the space thing down. If you operate it wrong. I thought you were going sw- to like switch I mean, it to a TARDIS right when you said that or something, and I was we- waiting for it. <laughs> Give me a sec. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there is the theory that if I fly it fast enough in the right direction, I could go back in time. But you're already, well, you're, you're in a galaxy in a long, yeah, a long, you long time to a galaxy. Oh, I'm, I'm in a far, so by the time I long fly time to you, yeah. it might, time travel might have happened. We'll figure the, it out. 
Alex, I'm really glad you're here today because you and I are the clean shaving <laughs> club today. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 the mannequin. And the mannequin. We'll we'll remain our one holdout for facial hair. Yeah. Is it? Wait, is it hunting season? There. Is that why we got so much facial hair going on today? Uh, I can't speak for everybody else, but I know for us chubby people, it hides the rolls. <laughs> I, so, I grew the mustache. I grew the mustache to look like Ted Lasso for Halloween, Great and to show. also look like Ted Lasso for the uh, just for this, everyday life. Everyday life, yeah. Just looking like Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's my dream, just being happy. I'm reading a bunch of Ted Lasso esque books, so I'm always happy and not criticizing people trying to give them their best life, right? But, that type but of stuff. remember, the key point was you can't always be that way or you go nuts. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you need a little bit of what Gosh, is it like? Uh, let, what, did let you actually Paso? watch the show? I just watched the trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. The show was amazing. No, I agree. <laughs> show I've was also amazing. been watching that, or I watched that Severance. Or no, Ooh, Severance, Severance uh, is Shrinking. good. Shrinking is like the second Shrinking. version of Ted Lasso. It's like, you I'm going to have to check that one out. That's a good one. It I came out in March, I think. It's Jason Segel and yeah. uh, a few others. Harrison Ford. It, Harrison Ford's in it. It's did anybody, did anybody oh, wow. check out Monarch yet? No, I haven't seen it. It's uh, it's pretty good. The first two episodes are pretty I was, good. I highly suggest. I, I was watching Silo, and I just like can't bring myself to care about it anymore. Like I watched the first <laughs> few episodes, and I was like, I don't care if these people live or die. I'm I'm over it. The twist care. is so good in that. It's, <laughs> it's just so hard for me to yeah. watch shows when they come out. Mm. I'm the kind of person I'm like, I gotta know what happens. So, so you, I just what, you want to binge it? it? Like you want to it's bingeable? Yeah, uh, there are very few shows that get me to watch as they come out. Dude, I, I miss that, though. Like, back in the day where you watched a show and nobody could... Like, you had to watch it an episode. There wasn't reruns. Like, the, right. the one that always comes to mind is Lost, right? Like, no one knew what was going on in that show. Yeah, but that, it was None horrible. of the creators like, knew what was going on Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was the best part. Everyone was lost. But when you got to school the next day and you're like, oh my Everybody god, did you see that out. polar bear? We gotta and go everyone's back. like... <laughs> Yeah, like oh, Randy said, that's why everybody had VCRs. You didn't yell ET. Man, you had a VCR. TiVo happened, to record it. TiVo. Oh, yeah. That was when I figured out my computer could uh, do TiVo. Did anybody else oh, have like man. a cable capture card on their computer? That was... I was, was like, that that oh, that's illegal. That I can never condone that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one minute till we start this thing for real. If you're watching us, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Where's the news? That's because we haven't gotten there yet. We're doing pre-show. Why are we doing pre-show, Ryan? Did you did you accidentally click the button? Just be honest. No, no he didn't, didn't accidentally. He told us he was doing it and everything. Wow, he's Yo. just yeah. over here with a big pile of firewood and a big lighter and just going to light it on. <laughs> yeah, starting a flame. We were unsupervised. We started yeah, the flame at uh, four twenty. Not that that means anything. <laughs> and now it does mean something, Ryan. <laughs> you just had to bring it up. Snoop Dogg is coming this week, <laughs> dude. We get Snoop Dogg on the podcast now. That would be an interesting podcast. He'd be like, security? I don't know. I don't know man. <laughs> we don't talk about security anyway. It works out. It works for <laughs> gangster. <laughs> be gangster security. That's true. That's true. We don't talk about security. We talk about the new. <laughs> First All right. Of All right. We ready? Talk about it's the time. <laughs> so are you taking this or are you going to hand it off to Wade again? I don't care. You can hand it to me. All right. <laughs> Just pick. Just Thank picked him one. It's Thank all God. good. 
Hey, welcome to InfoSec <laughs> talking about the news. I'm your host, Wade Wells. We're Black Hills Information just sponsors us sitting here talking about crazy stuff for the next uh hour or so. That's uh let me see. We got some great people here, some great news stuff. I'm not talking like a news anchor robot like I did that one day, so that's good. <laughs> we have Ryan making us look pretty as always. We got Trypto Ham. Don't be I'm nice guess- to Ryan after what he just did to you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be nice to it's Ryan. Fine. It's fine. Don't I gotta do it eventually. Box. We got a couple people here that don't usually show. We got the legendary haircut fish. Be careful. He'll Photoshop you into everything. We got Kelly, my the alumni from my cyber threat intelligence class. My favorite. I will tell you right now. We had some excellent discussions. Uh, you moved people. Gosh. James B., <laughs> one of my homies, sent me a book about how to do cybersecurity consulting. I no longer want to do consulting, so let it be known. Fat <laughs> <laughs> Man Wills, charging at the Death Star in the X-Wing. We got Alex, who, who may be actually in the Death Star right now with uh, Kylo Ren behind him. And uh, Balen Skull, no, you're Oh, Star that's Balen Skull on. now? Oh. Okay, well, he... Yeah. All right, we don't know where he is, but... Yeah, don't know where he is. Okay. Uh, so what do you guys want to talk about? What about we got Kelly? cool stuff. You forgot Kelly. No, oh, I said no, Kelly. Oh, wow. oh, said Kelly, Kelly was okay. in my Intel class. I would call my this favorite. like the Discord edition. Of the, the Discord video. edition? No, no, that's this is definitely like the Discord community edition. Which, that's by the well way, put. if you're not in our Discord, that's the quickest way to make us laugh on show. Um, Discord.gg slash BHIS or something. I don't know. We love um, a good GIF. I'll put so, the link okay. in the chat. Boom. So, I feel like, I mean... It's going to be ransomware. Let's just steer Dude, the SC- ship straight into the like the Suez oh. Canal. We'll just get stuck across the middle of it. <laughs> this this um, first one is great. The ransomware SEC, SEC filing. Yeah. So for oh, anyone yeah. that That's doesn't, that, one. this one hit a lot of news. Like this hit my feed be- without me coming to the show, which nothing else ever does. But basically, uh, the Alfie ransomware group filed an SEC complaint against a company called Meridian Link for not disclosing their breach to the SEC. So it's like, honestly it's pretty funny and kind of like in a way where it's like hey we already made you mad let's make you even more mad but i guess my question is what is what is like the motive why why do that well how much how much does the sec uh find people what did they say does anybody remember 350 350 grand or no i think it i think it depends on the you know scope and all that stuff so what I first thought is, what if this just causes like everyone who's publicly traded just immediately get hacked? It's like, and then, right? And then everyone's just like, pay me or else you're going to have to pay this amount. Well, like, will, so, will security get a rise real quick because of this? It, is or it not? like, is it supposed to be like they won't submit you to the SEC if you do pay the ransom? Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. That, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's like, it's my whole, it's my whole patching as a service uh, model, right? We hack you and then we tell you you're hacked. And we're going to tell the SEC, and if you unless you pay us, and if we do pay us, we'll at least patch you. So when we get out, you won't get hacked that way. So do we think <laughs> that the default defense of most of these companies, which is we didn't know, we we didn't know we were hacked, we're still working on the details, we're investigating. Like, do you think that's going to work in this case? I, I also noticed the SEC fine like disclosure window is really short, right? It's only it's four like, days. Four days. Yes. Four days. Four days to report it. So, that's but you still have to nothing. report breach. Kelly, do you know? Do you know what? what it is to say like report breach like I th- that's what the SCC is but what's like their definition for it if you know if anyone knows it's you 
<laughs> I'm still learning this myself, but basically if if there is something that looks suspicious, you know, we're we're sort of playing this gray area right now where we used to say, well, is it an incident? Is it a breach? Well, the SEC is getting tired of companies waiting until it says it's an actual breach. So anything that seems suspicious and yeah, that's a big umbrella. And there's there's a few more specifics, but yeah, they're they're trying to close down that gray area between something suspicious, an incident, and a breach. Hmm. They clicked the link. It's a breach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Every time we guess a password on a customer, we're going to start reporting them to the SEC. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't know. Think about it as a pen team, as a pen test team. Could you uh, be like, oh, look, we saved you $350,000 because now you're not going to get five minutes. (laughs) I like how you're sticking with that number that I just completely made up. Right. (laughs) I, it sounds not, like a good round number, right? For like most smaller companies, it's a decent chunk of change. The bigger corporations, not going to matter. But all I know, <laughs> what I know about the SEC, I mostly know from watching the documentary about Bernie Madoff, which is that as long as you <laughs> look like you're fine, they don't care. They'll, they'll just let you off the hook. That's what I've learned. So maybe the fine's like actually three dollars and fifty cents, as long as you, you know, have taken the right people out to dinner or whatever. Yeah, and I think it, it. I think Corey, you're right with the. Uh, it's not just the fine; it's the scrutiny. So there may be a lot of companies that are like, "Well, the fine we can pay, but it's the SEC turning over every rock that we go." Okay, that's a problem because some of these audits companies are might expensive. Not be, audits yeah. are expensive, and then you just it's it's a bad look, and companies that are being hit by ransomware might also have a few other things that aren't getting done that they don't really want the SEC looking into. So what we should do, let's just start this service called uh, SEC. We can, we'll sell this to the SEC where we just keep an eye on an eye on the Alfie ransomware group. And anytime they breach someone, we'll, we'll just notify them. So then we're just cutting out the middleman. <laughs> hey, our, our friends in the chat, um, Hack, uh, Hack Character mentioned that um, he, he said the magic words, material impact. And I think that's kind of what's got everybody worked up about this is um, now companies have to determine if there's material impact. And it may actually, I know sometimes it feels kind of hard on us security engineers, but honestly, now we have to kind of send it over the wall to the legal team and say, okay, there may or may not be material impact. And at that point, they have to determine if it's actually a breach, an incident, and I think that's kind of what makes this such a sticky wicket is material impact. And again, I always have to say this, I'm not a lawyer and I don't play <laughs> one on TV either. <laughs> well, so let's just, here's a nice Someone's little rule of watching thumb. watching the chat. Here's, here's a little rule of thumb for uh, our, our friends out there. If you're negotiating with ransomware actors, it's a material impact. <laughs> like, I think it's safe to say that. <laughs> if you've gotten that uh, telegram invite to that uh, Alfie telegram, you're going to go, that's material. You need to see it's time. Well, whenever right. I look at this article, I just like, and just the whole thing, it's like the, the two kids that get in trouble, but, and the one's like, yeah, but he did something way worse. Like, look at this. Like, don't, don't look what I did. Look what I, look what they're doing. Uh, and that, yes, that's the way that like, is, I yeah. view this. <laughs> Do you remember that old cliche when we were younger, snitches get stitches? <laughs> yeah. I, I get what the SEC is trying to do by making the companies report in to give like openness of everything. But at the same time, it seems all they're doing is giving the attackers another way to extort, extort the companies. Yeah. By I going, think it's, okay, you don't want to admit it, then give us more the, money now. 
Oh, but it's a fake. It's it's not really a way to extort them because at the end of the day, if they're considering paying, then it's like they're already it's too late. The SEC is gonna find out if they pay for sure because that's gonna be on the balance sheet. <laughs> does I, does I, the Charlie SEC have any uh have any whistleblower like payouts? Ooh. Asking for a nice. friend. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> totally not for him. So they do. Someone asked uh, Graham and Chat or uh, Bothboy. I just know him. That's, that's Graham. It's Graham. That's awkward. I just like outed him. No, he's got it on. It's fine. Uh, Slothboy says, how do you even report a breach to the SEC? Do you just at them on Twitter? Um, SEC probably not going to pay for the Twitter API. So uh, it's going to guess that you you have to be a ransomware group to report things to them. They probably have like an intern. On they have a Twitter. form. It's like the FBI tip hotline or whatever. It's a Google sheet that you turn in. <laughs> yeah. And when I saw this article... Like and I know I shared this in the uh, in the chatter in our notion there is that I was remembering an article that I shared in July or brought up in July with the the yeah um, I posted that it's like okay you know 2022 North Carolina says we're not going to pay ransomware anymore 2023 they get shut down by ransomware and there's a line in there um, that says you know when the law was passed last year some worried it would effectively serve as an additional way for the gangs to extort victims that they'd say, hey, you paid you paid us, you're not allowed to pay us, so now you're in trouble. And I know at the time it was the, well, are ransomware groups really going to leverage the the law in order to put further pressure up pressure on their victims? And I guess that was up for debate now then, but now we're seeing that yeah, they are going to leverage um the you know the the legal arm of what's out there in order to put additional pressure or as uh, uh haircut fish said like just another way of doing that extortion they go double extortion triple extortion try to find every way that they can they'll they'll do what they can to get what they want i have a I suggestion I... go ahead Let, let's take wade's mustache and put the mustache in charge of the office of the whistleblowers <laughs> <laughs> All right, second haircut fish is on it <laughs> So, uh, so looking, they do have a whistleblower program, and the yeah. max amount of money you can get is five million. Wow! It's a established presumption. Of, uh, it's lawyer speak, so I may be absolutely reading it wrong. But uh, they can pay you whatever they want. Yeah, pretty much. That, this is this is what <laughs> this is a quick Google foo whistleblower you SEC get, SEC uh, stuff. But what at what level do you have to get a T-shirt? Do you get a free T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> or what about like a, a nice little like uh, commemorative whistle? Have you got like a special a edition physical... T-shirt for turning someone in, and you wore that like to DefCon? Like only like five people. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. You're just like, where'd you get that shirt? Oh, if you're a, if you're a whistleblower, you get this shirt. Like, Whoa, okay, <laughs> I know that's a lot of And all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So in that North Carolina town, I mean, we already like touched a little bit on it, but like basically, I mean, I thought ransomware groups are better than this. I thought they uh, don't target local and government and stuff. I mean, not depends just on the ransomware group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, North Carolina last year banned all government entities from paying ransoms. So that's going to make yeah. this a little awkward. That that was the thing that I said. <laughs> that it's like they they banned making the payments and then got Ooh. completely shut down the following year. Well, so, only Cornelius is shut down. There's at least three more cities oh, yeah. in North Carolina. <laughs> we don't know of them, but they're there. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, I am a little bit 
this is one of those things where like i get when the companies have big pr departments that basically make it so that sounds they say all the words but nothing is actually indicated by what they're saying this is like the opposite they're like anything that requires staff to access files located on our servers which are in the process of being scanned i have more questions than answers like what do you mean being scanned <laughs> what are you scanning for and also what files do people need to access on servers like i'm i'm concerned so yeah ransomware is bad okay no shit. can we go uh how about we shift this over to a faster news article about some swifties it's shutting down swifties? The internet. oh yeah i thought oh. this was good so this is going to be taylor swift talking the misinformation village next year at defcon no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but really though kind of right so wait do you know this story yeah so pretty much what happens so taylor swift is in brazil right now doing the eras tour right making that money and her location of the, her hotel got leaked. So in order to try to hide the leak, the Swifties took action and started posting all over Twitter several different tags. So we can see one here trying to make it. So if you were looking for the leak, it would be incredibly hard. You wouldn't be able to do it on Twitter, but I'm sure there's other ways to find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is, this is great. I love house? it. Oh man. And My I was thinking <laughs> that it's like taking, taking the strategy for it's like for information security, it's the, Look, if you do something malicious and create a log entry, just fill out more log entries because <laughs> blue team will never find so, it. So I was thinking about, uh, there was a tactic, I believe the, um, it was in France. It was Macron's campaign filled their emails up full of fake emails. And then they got hacked by Russia and they yep. were trying to leak stuff. Yep. And you couldn't tell what was real and what was fake, right? It isn't a tactic I've heard yeah. a lot before, but it is a great tactic, and I love it. Little, little. Oh, okay, the question is: Did this work? Did this act like? Did this prevent her? I mean, obviously, we know that she's hopefully safe and she sound. She probably just like, bought the hotel and was like, "No one else is going to stay here now." Yeah, it should be called the billionaires <laughs> tour, not the arrows. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I feel like this is an interesting tactic, though. I guess I'm kind of like, what. Well, they're trying to prevent people from like searching for like Taylor Swift location. <laughs> yeah, it'll know. it'll get the it'll get the the low level stuff. But if you start like time binding it and going, yeah. okay, well let's just let's just go back to the first instances of it from the 18th. Search around there, and you're going to like you know unless they deleted it, in which case go to like an archive, see if it got archived. You know they're going to find that there, which is what made me think of the you know being the blue team and the logs that if you just fill up the log with additional entries, blue team's just going to go back to like that earliest point of noise and start there and go, okay, here's the thing that initially happened that they were trying to cover up with additional noise. It's only yeah. going to prevent the lazy people from it actually the lazy people. Exactly. There were K-pop yeah, I, groups. Uh, yeah. There were K-pop groups uh, during the last uh, administration uh, that would completely stomp these trending hashtags that were, negative uh towards somebody and uh just that that would become now just an excuse to post all these k-pop people uh on the twitter and you wouldn't actually see why that hashtag was originally trending so it does work and and obviously it's going to create an additional barrier to somebody to dig through all that find the actual location and then action on it you know because i mean unless you're in brazil right there you're you're not going to catch up with her <laughs> yeah man yeah. you think don't don't mess with cats was bad don't mess with the bts army that's bad <laughs> right? like, i also <laughs> I, I really like i i really i i guess like 
how do you get this ravenous of fans like in your support or is it all just like you just have a botnet like i just really hope we 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 never know i'd rather not know that (laughs) could you imagine have you seen taylor swift fans it's a good possibility they're just all that obsessed and jumped all over it true certainly shot up nfl uh interest and jersey sales and stuff (laughs) what we're saying is we need to release like a christmas album of all of like the bhis greatest hits (laughs) and then maybe we can get ravenous fans i think it's all yeah they they can't be fans of us unless we have a stadium tour so i feel like we just got to work to that final goal of a stadium tour so are we going to start doing live podcast places like we like we did at way west we just go to different cities and start doing the news from different (laughs) cities (laughs) it's our eras tour (laughs) i do think it's an interesting question though how many of that um um, additional information was a real person or how much of it was a bot and the other question is can we build our own bot army to have those ready in case we are in a situation like that yes highly frowned upon but i like the idea i also thought earlier and didn't get a chance to yet to recall it but the whole like doxing and giving over real-time locations on twitter wasn't there some high-profile individual that was really upset about real-time location data being posted on Twitter <laughs> to the extent that they got this like jet tracking taken offline? Like I, you, you could I say they bought a whole social of, network yeah. just <laughs> to get rid of it. Like, yeah, it's like did some Wasn't extreme things Musk? to get rid of it, and it's like clearly yeah, it that yeah. worked, and there's no real-time doxing going on on like X anymore. I have terrible news for everyone. Uh, I put a message in Discord that says react to this message if you're part of our bot army and we got only three reactions. So we have a lot of work to do. Uh, (laughs) So, okay. I think I need to go back to school um, and I need to learn how to recognize fake news. Apparently this is now required for all students in California schools. I guess like let's say Wade or, or anyone else, let's say you're teaching this class. What is this? What is the like Give me the PowerPoint like syllabus. What, what is this? What is like the first section? Where like, is where I, is it from? Credible source, right? That, that would be that's first. What, but even what, credible okay. sources are wrong. Take. Like that's long. I don't know. Like I don't <laughs> trust American news, right? Try to go an external don't source. Trust American. <laughs> like, that's, anyway. that's my thing, right? Like I like it, the idea of this class, but I know it's going to be done horribly wrong. I think of this more as like if you see someone shit posting all over LinkedIn, right? And then people are commenting on it and making it big. And then you go to their LinkedIn and you realize they've just been shit posting, like, oh, that's a bot. Okay, boat, you found it. You My won. biggest concern like, about this is that it's gonna be covering only media that the kids never use anyway. It's gonna <laughs> be like identifying <laughs> fake news on IRC and they're like, What is this? What is this? <laughs> what? So we have several newspapers here and you're gonna have to read each one on <laughs> Like what? <laughs> the other thing that's just like kind of hard fact is that like I would personally say as a whole like the whole world of like vertical video and most like short form video content in general is pretty hard to say is like reliable sources at all and that's just going to be a hard fact for them to swallow of like yeah basically anything on TikTok probably not reputable like, when, someone, oh, yeah. when someone but, quotes me something on TikTok I'm like why are you believing TikTok like Give me a professional with like a PhD at the end of their name, or at least well, like not to get say somebody aren't. from YouTube. So yeah, just not a- to say there aren't necessarily, <laughs> not to say there aren't reputable creators on TikTok. I mean, I guess that would be the section is like investigate the creator themselves. What are their interests? What are their you know, like 
Honestly, you know how we have like for election, like for politicians, we have like transparency reporting data on like who who uh, lobbies for them, where do they get their funding, like all this stuff. We might need to start doing that for YouTubers. It's like this guy don't trust him. He gets paid by you know this entity, like trying to uncover that kind of stuff because I feel like that's really where it's going. Is who's taking the biggest payout to say whatever opinion? You know that's that's where it's going, right? This class would have done a lot better if it was just like how to identify biases. And how to like not just in yourself but in others, right? I don't know. But uh there's a lot of good resources out there. And I think once you usually can do that and try to see where they're trying to push you towards, right? And that's probably where this class is going. Does it say how yeah, old the students are gonna be? K through twelve? Like yeah, K through that's 12. a big range. Like, they, like, it's reaching yeah. all the way down to like K. It says it's not gonna have, be a oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I it's like I have like with it was one of my kids that's in Kiernegarden, they said that that was one of the new things they're doing is the distinction between fiction and nonfiction. Um, and now I have like my daughter at home being like, she's like watching stuff on TV and she's like, that's fiction. Like, cause dogs can't talk. And it's like, well, yeah, you're right. And I was also thinking, <laughs> like, but they, they learn, they learn. Uh, and it's like, I was also thinking, like, this is just going to completely wreck that whole like Santa Claus tooth fairy Easter bunny type of narrative there because the kid's gonna go like we're Santa's cool. dead. Wait, Santa no. like we're we're questioning like our news sources there it's like I I really don't think that somebody let's cover, lives up let's at talk North about Pole. the Bible oh wait no too soon <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah no I, I also do think uh like my other reaction to this is like let's be real are the kids really the ones who need this no, no, they're not. No, the well, we gotta start them somewhere, right? Like, I guess because they, they the, need to the like pick this mandatory, them. like to get your driver's license, you have to look at two news articles. Okay, like <laughs> the U.S. has Bob recently uh, invested highly into public transportation now because no one can get their driver's license that shortly yeah. after they do. Every when yes. your driver's license expired, you must take a class on on media literacy and like, yeah, it's all yeah. I mean, it gets into like, I genuinely don't think that most younger people would have trouble identifying this kind of stuff just on being but like really i mean i don't know this the article does quote some study that like apparently under the age of 30 there's a higher likelihood of identifying but, things i don't know but I, well, they're, 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 oh, go, go ahead wait yeah, okay. in college i think like my second or first year junior college i actually took a media studies class and they talked a lot about not just like biases in the news but how to like look past and what they're trying to actually talk about and it's not just news articles but actual movies and stuff like if you look into this movie i remember uh we used the dark knight as a reference and someone wrote a whole essay on how the dark knight directly relates to the iraq war and i was like how the heck did you get that and but looking doing that practice and trying to understand that type of stuff even if it is using works of fiction where dogs talk and try to understand where they're going with it is pretty important i would say at that lower level but yeah, the Santa Claus is going to go right out the window. They're going to be like everyone but Santa. And so, okay, let's go. Um, <laughs> this is this this is interesting because like apparently, so they're they're quoting Ormsby, which I I'm sorry I don't have the person's full name, but <laughs> basically they teach concepts like lateral reading, which is comparing an online article to other sources, reverse imaging, searching online to trace a photo to its original source. Wow, that's some OSINT stuff. Dude, I mean, mm -hmm. that's like real. Um, you know, lesson plans and things. I think that like, so the other example they give is like, they were, 
students during this is like during COVID, but I guess students were presented with three articles, a tabloid New York Post article and a scientific article. And they were asked to choose which is the most reputable. And they chose the New York Post article 90% of the time. Like, oh God. Um, I'd also like to point out, like Corvus is saying in chat, a lot of kids actually do need to hear this these days. Yeah. I have to admit, my young daughter doesn't know that the thing, it, like until I said it to her, she didn't know that the things she saw on TV were not real. Right. She thought all that stuff was actually real. So we we think it's common sense at this point, but it's it it kind of isn't, unfortunately. <laughs> and I, I think it is actually important that kids become aware of, hey, there are people that are going to lie to you on a regular basis out there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of need a question. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you. Like my with my oldest daughter, like I'm always talking to her about like different things she sees on YouTube or whatever, but they speak with such like uh emphasis and like they know what they're talking about yeah anybody watching it is like oh yeah that well they might look at they're so confident they know what they're talking about it must be true right right and especially with the younger generation they don't understand like go research make and that's why i tell her said go look it up see if it's real like check to find out um and so yeah they just see this person has yeah the class will not differentiate whether santa is misinformation or distant or you know it's fake news. oh that's yeah that's always it's, a it's almost as if some it. of it these gets. people are snake oil salesmen oh oh, oh yeah. was we that should, a segue you know, we should do a conference about that you think? Should that a segue about that yeah, you, well be. you do have the, the gap nice here that coming up was wanting to make mention of is like you have the gap here of homeschooling so if you've ever, like, if you've seen some of these documentaries, I know... Um, Instant red flag. Yeah, I mean, you, you, sit, you sit there and you say, it's like, a lot of them, they just homeschool their kids because they're like, oh, the school's not teaching them the right stuff. The school's filling yeah. their heads with a bunch of misinformation. They're homeschooled just watching stuff off of YouTube. So these ah. programs are great, but they're not going to really, you know, reach the people that... No, no, homeschooling's really good for getting your kids to believe in your cult, though. Hey, I'm going to speak on this one, too, because I did homeschool my kids at one point. Go, go. Um, (laughs) Homeschooling has a bad rap. And I will agree that there are definitely benefits to sending your kids to school. My kids do go now. Um, The social aspect is definitely harder to take care of if you homeschool them. But not everybody that homeschools their kids just has them sit in front of a TV and watch YouTube to do it either. That's what you, you saw. Like, I, I, think yeah, like, I had you know, to spend Andrew Callahan did a did a series on this for like, I think like this place rocked or something. And you, you saw that with the kids just there are some really crappy ones out there. Um, really I my kids in a program where I had to spend like two grand every year to buy the curriculum and then learn it unfortunately we don't have an anti-siphon uh subscription level for homeschooling not yet <laughs> sign I don't up for Wade's class on English, but now. i know how to reverse engineer a packet okay uh, <laughs> anyway let's let's get this train back on track who wants to talk about breaches um uh, let's talk about uh screen connect remote access let's talk about this because I, I actually ooh. want this is something that like is personally relevant to me so basically the article is that hackers are breaching healthcare organizations using Screen Connect, which basically is, you know, a rat remote access tool, but one that I would consider more reputable or like there could be legitimate uses for it, right? 
So essentially, I mean, yeah, basically this is an article published by Huntress. They spotted the attack, seeing them on endpoint. Essentially, I mean, does anyone know a lot about Screen Connect by chance? We use it. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the one the one bad thing about Screen Connect and a lot of the other ones is that you can have multiple instances installed to the same machine. So okay. uh, we we actually it's it's kind of tricky because obviously we're looking for detections of those kind of tools, but we also have to kind of have have that conversation of do we allow or ignore Screen Connect? How can we how can we tighten that up? But right. also that's you know it, it does kind of come down to okay how did they get on it? You know who did they talk into it? There's the there's the human element because it's not like they're just dropping a dropping the agent on a on a endpoint and boom you're hacked. It's you know hey I need you to go to this website for me. Hey I need you to type in this code and um and now I'll fix your computer or whatever they're working on. So the one interesting thing about this attack in particular is that they're actually using the product as licensed by another company that they compromised, right? <laughs> so it's like instead of going out and like purchasing the product for themselves because you know KYC and money and all that stuff. They're t- they did like they took over a company's uh you know screen connect instance and then they're deploying it maliciously but it looks legitimate because or I guess it looks semi legitimate because it's related to one of their you know potential business partners. The reason it's relevant to me is because on a tactical level, this is what threat actors or advanced threat actors are using now more than ever. They're using these like yep. living off the land living style the land. Yep. legitimate things that would blend in that don't really fit into the category of like shell code or c2 or those kinds of things and potentially could lead to long-term persistence because companies don't scan oh scan all the service from malware okay we're good turns out the screen connect the tool that you thought you were supposed to have is the actual malware um and this is actually we've seen this go as far as being used using edrs as like persistence mechanism like having malicious either creating API keys in, in yeah. EDRs and using them to run commands or do whatever. Or, you know, just being in the console running commands on every system, even air gap, or I guess whatever, not air gap, but, you know, out of band systems you can't access. You could just run commands on them, right? So, yeah. um, there is you know, a, AnyDesk is the beginning, but... There is a, the recent Cyber WarCon is a good threat intel uh, conference, if anyone's looking. It just recently happened, though. And one of their big subjects was uh, the use of lay of the land uh, tools and tactics, right? And how that's growing bigger and bigger. And as a detection engineer, that stuff's usually pretty hard to detect. You have to know your internal, like your well, your internal team and the tools they're using very well. And like like you're saying, if if they were actively using Screen Connect, there's no way you're going to know what's the difference between a false positive and a true positive with that. So you really have to sure up and maybe block all the connections to the other ones if you can, or periodically scan if you don't have some type of application whitelisting for any of those tools, right? But, but I got to step in here, guys. If you if you look at the bottom of the article, it's an unmanaged on-prem device. ConnectWise weighed in on the article. So I appreciate the the technical details we're talking about here, but we also have to look at cyber hygiene. And the healthcare organization wasn't practicing good cyber hygiene. That's Are they ever? a good point. <laughs> That's almost required in most healthcare environments, though. Like, I mean, not 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 necessarily practicing bad hygiene, but like having unmanaged devices. You're not going to put EDR on your like MRI machine and void the warranty. It's like ten million dollars or whatever. 
I don't know, right? I think the bad part is more the it hasn't been updated in four years part. Well, that voids the warranty too. That, that's the thing. These healthcare people are stuck, and like, if you update the MRI machine, it breaks it, then that's on you. Like, you just voided the warranty. Oof. So, I mean, that's like a tricky thing where, like, they're stuck these in a defenses. Yeah, these defenses aren't going to go in at the endpoint level. They have to go in above that because we know the within most healthcare environments, the endpoints are off limits for patching. And most, like, obviously, it'd be great if the vendors allow you to patch or provide patches. But that isn't always the case. It's almost never the case. So that's how I see it is like you really have to put these you have to put these protections in at the at a higher level. And that's where it gets scary of like it's a known app that we use. I guess it's like there might be some burden on Screen Connect to go and investigate malicious usage of their tool, especially like ripping out these accounts that are being abused. Like that really is where that falls, I think, is on the vendor. Acceptable but on the plus right. side, at least the IT team found that machine that's they've been missing for the last four years since it wasn't <laughs> managed. You know, they were like, "Oh, we thought we got rid of that. We thought it was a lease return." But, but Corey, you're exactly right. There, there is a balance there because you're right. They're not going to be patching machines that are in, in surgical theater. Uh, but the organization, I, I would like to see look at more compensating controls maybe it's um the, the surgical theater is off the network or it's on a different network i mean we don't know the whole story here and perhaps the organization did have compensating controls maybe they didn't but i would at least like to know that that machine is is on a risk register or is part of some risk management process at the organization as a whole for sure i mean it's also supply chain right like if you have if this machine is managed by transaction data systems or whatever, and they get compromised, you have to now assume that all those systems across all their customers are compromised. Not that I'm not, I'm not saying it's not interesting, but the really, it's, I think more interesting to look at this as an, a way that attackers are shifting their tactics more than like specific things that the company victim could have done to prevent it. It's more just like, this is what attackers are doing now. They're going in, they're trying to compromise companies that would have like the MSSs uh, fall into this group of like companies that would have legitimate access to lots of other companies through channels that they might not be monitoring. Um, you know, that's why all the MSSs are terrified of this back attack. So yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting tactical shift of like, now we're not going to go after individual companies. We're going to go after companies that manage other companies and then go after everything they have. So basically, don't trust that vendor device in your network, I guess, is the... Never, <laughs> never. All the story. <laughs> never. Don't trust anyone. Ever. DTA. <laughs> Does anyone what? have any articles they want to bring to the table? Uh, there was one about Nork and Nork? Winrar. Is that how you Orkin? say it? N-G-O-R-K? The organ man? Nork. Nork. <laughs> it's not. It's, a, it's an okay one, just because I've... I've like written like uh, detections for it, so I like profiled the shit out of Nork, and I'm like, wait a sec, I can just block this at the firewall, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. Oh uh, like, wait, oh you mean Engrok? You're talking Engrok? about Engrok? Engrok? Nork? I don't know. Like that's <laughs> Nork. <laughs> no, no, to... no. Nork it's sounds way French better than Okay, so Engrok, as it's known colloquially, or Nork, as it's known only by Wade. <laughs> Uh, is uh, basically it's a tool that people might be familiar with. It's essentially like a reverse tunnel into your network, essentially. It's, so let's say you're a developer, you're running a local node server, 
if you're a developer and you're, let's say you're doing developing a local application and you are, you know, you want someone to be able to browse that application on your laptop, but you can't just open a port up. You can have Ngrok open up a port for you and the traffic will be redirected through it. So it's essentially kind of a developer-y focused tool, but we've actually used it for years. Yeah, for similar things to this. Um, looks like it's being attributed. Wade, do you want to talk about what you mentioned? You wrote a specific detection for it. What does that yeah, look like? Yeah, well, because when you when you first you have to see if you can install it on your network yet, right? Like what type of app- application whitelisting you have. Hopefully, you they can't even install it. But then there's specific network traffic that you can actually track. It's usually going to their domain. So you could say anything going out to that domain. And then there's a couple really good threat intelligence lists out there that I can't necessarily find right now that have, because Ngrok is, <laughs> there's a bunch of different versions of this, right? So then that opens up the whole like, okay, are we detecting all of them? Are we blocking all of them? And kind of, uh, you need application whitelisting at the long run, but it's not too hard, but it, it felt like an easy win, at least for the detection side. Uh, you use it a lot, Corey? So, I mean, I don't use it as much nowadays because like there's, Honestly, from my perspective, as like a pseudo, not really developer, but someone who has similar situations to this, like Cloudflare workers or things like, or like the Azure dev tunnels, like there's lots of other better replacements for this. Like Ngrok is kind of a third party, like less trusted than maybe like Azure would be. Although I guess you could argue that's even less trusted, but basically, um, <laughs> I mean, how does this, This they're using this flaw and then they're just tunneling. Yeah, so it's basically just they're using Ngrok as a C2. So the detect yeah. for this would be like relatively easy, right? Like, you yeah, just, yeah. Because Ngrok but, has their own uh, Their own domain. Yeah, yeah, so you just look for anything based off them and then and of it's course, not too hard, but... Of course, the Russian hackers were using a free version of Ngrok. <laughs> they were not paying for the two. I signed up for so. the free version and then uh, did it myself. And then in my home detection, I'm like, oh, this is easy and just went right through it. So hopefully. Yeah, this one. But yeah, this one like isn't, I guess what it is more than anything is just proof of like the random things. If you put, know your exclusions, I think is what I would take away from this. Like if you're used, if you have legitimate uses for Ngrok, now you need to monitor that more closely um, because we're no, we know that it's being used for C2. So but I will say, like, from my perspective as the threat actor or the red teamer, like, we can tunnel through your network. I promise. Like, I promise <laughs> you I can tunnel my way out of your network. Like, I... I you sound I, like you sound yeah. like the guy from Men's Warehouse right now. We can tunnel through your network. I guarantee it. <laughs> there's, there's a way. Trust me. Like, th- there is a way. So I, I, I see this as more, like, an interesting thing to talk about, but also, like, defense in depth, right? Like, you're... Yeah, you can't block all the tunnels. It's not gonna no. You can't because... block all the tunnels. It's a yeah. low level win if you're doing some type of defensive work that isn't a hard lift. And honestly, nation states are using it, so it's a little bit worth it in the long run. Even though if they <laughs> nation states were using it against, I believe it was the Ukraine. So like, hopefully they're not using it against you. But if they are, good luck. <laughs> Let, let's talk about some botnets getting new. Didn't the FBI Ooh, take yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of them, right? Or is there just it was a just a really big one that they were talking about. Just the IP Storm bot. Yeah. Or IP Storm. I don't know. I'm assuming. <laughs> I, or IPS IP Storm. IP Storm sounded good. IP, IP Storm. Storm. Yeah. Yeah, basically the US government announced that they took down the IP Storm botnet and they got a guilty plea for the person who was running it. So 
I guess this is an FBI uh, notice. They delivered malware to thousands of Windows, Mac, and Android devices and Linux. Oh my gosh, I thought Linux was free of malware. This is impossible. Uh, <laughs> basically using that as a um, proxy service. These are terrifying. We've talked about these previously on the news. They would That proxy service then could be used. This is kind of the new... Um, I guess this is like the new definition of what I would call a botnet, right? Like, it's not... <laughs> It's not really like it's, it's not, basically it's like not a, DDoSing. It's more it has more utilities than that. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's more about attribution and like uh, IP source allocation than it is about DDoS. I feel like uh, I should it is know, called IP Storm. I feel like I should know this, but do any of these threat actors like offer that as a service? Right, like if you had a huge botnet and you wanted to masquerade your IP, does anyone be like, yeah, you can buy our service and go through any of our bots? Oh, that That's was what the exact business model. Doing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can see I didn't. So the, the guy's article. name was Sergey <laughs> Sergey Makinin, Makinin? Sergey, a Russian and Moldovian national uh, who admitted to creating it between June 2019 to December 2022. He pleaded guilty in September. So yeah, it's basically apparently can be up to 10 years in prison, and uh, he apparently earned 550 thousand dollars from it. So that's it, I guess. I, I thought, yeah. I mean, um, he said he made <laughs> at least that, and he has to give up. As part of the deal and pleading guilty, he has to give up all his Bitcoin he got from it also. Ooh, okay, Would he make more as an SEC whistleblower, though? <laughs> may. uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, what he should be doing, and this is what Does actual proxy services do, <laughs> monitor <laughs> mo monitor all the traffic going through the proxy and then whistleblow when it's breached traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Provide the service and then whistleblow on the users. And, and yeah. yeah, for those, um, you know, someone, uh, Graham mentioned this in the chat, but for those wondering how it worked, um, it caught, it sort of made news in 2019 because it used IPFS for peer to peer. So it's like, there's no kill switch for this. IPFS is like essentially, for those that don't know, it's like a blockchain based file sharing protocol that can have many different, uh, proxies and nodes and things. It's essentially designed to be a peer to peer, but it's like can be based on HTTPS. So it can be, mass we've used ips it, it, when you know when i said i could tunnel through your network that would be one thing i would try there's like a million different web front ends for ipfs that one of them is going to be allowed in most networks so all right now i gotta go in a deep end about ipfs i've never even heard of that me too wade me too uh, yeah. we can dive into let's go into james article because i actually have no clue about this and it, hopefully james you read it because i did it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it intrigues me. It it kind of kind of kept me uh, awake all weekend. Um, so Microsoft finished up uh, Ignite last week, and one of the things they announced on the kind of blue team side is that you can now use cyber deception functions inside Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. Uh, so right now they're actually uh, have the ability where you can create an alias account that would sit inside LSAS. And if it's uh, tickled or anything like that, would alert. Uh, there's also, it adds uh, host file uh, information to fake a fake a, as, a, as a different device. And they're going to roll out some more things uh, related to file share, uh, other, other tactics like that. Uh, the one catch and the one thing that's kind of really frustrating, especially on the small business side, this is only available inside Defender P2. Uh, so 
if your organization has like E5 or whatever, you're fine. But if you're a smaller organization, uh, this, along with some of the other features of uh, Defender P2, might be worth the upgrade uh, for it. And yeah, it's super simple to turn on. Uh, they actually give you a default section that is, it has some really random made up stuff inside there. Like it actually takes uh, usernames from your organization and mixes them together. So they don't, out of the box, they don't look very convincing. Uh, you'd you'd want to probably create your own uh, setup. But yeah, it's going to be a, a nice uh, piece. I mean, now you have every device is, is potentially a honeypot. Yeah, I was waiting these... for like when this was going to happen because uh, Zscaler is doing the same thing, yeah. right? And Zscaler's is pretty cool. I looked at a demo for it, but I would imagine this is going to be start like the new thing to go in with your agent is also to tie in that deception. Yeah. I wouldn't think it's a huge lift, but uh, you know, it probably is. What are you going to say, Corey? I was going to say we encounter these products pretty regularly. They're they're kind of more than anything just annoying um, than they are like a security, but they could be early warning or just potentially wasting people's time. Um, but yeah, I mean, mostly I just feel bad for any company that their business model was building and selling this deception technology because they just got Microsoft. Microsofted. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, Sherlock. Sherlock? The, uh, the Canary tokens system is great, but it is a pain in the butt to deploy at scale. Even if you have the, the paid version, there's no quick way to just, I'm going to put a fake password Excel file on every computer. You have to do some management of those. And then uh, the honeypots themselves, you have to decide, well, where do I put them? Uh, so now if you have machines that are you know work from home or remote users, they're bringing the honeypot with them at the same time. So that that gomer that's sitting there logging in with the uh, into the Starbucks uh, Wi-Fi, you know, maybe somebody will trip the alert from that so yeah it's... how many people are going to trip the alert on their own because oh, they're so looking many. for their own so, password so set so Dude, I, <laughs> I, I had a couple i had a couple of canary tokens up in like shared drives and all of a sudden like one started going off and i and it was a regular user i'm like hey why are you opening this he's like oh i was looking how to try to reset my password and i found this document that said password and this dude's passwords in it so i tried to log in and i'm like what are you doing like I isolated his host right off the bat just because, like, this is too big. <laughs> I was like, this is what you get for doing stupid things and looking at other people's You're bad. Go into timeout. You yeah. can come out when you have a good explanation. <laughs> I was so pissed. The one I thing guess. that I am interested to see how they do where they don't really mention this a lot is the lures or, like, digital breadcrumbs, right? That mm -hmm. is what I find is the difficult, this difficult thing to do is to get the attackers to build that path to your, like, larger deception stuff because... Like James said, like the canary tokens are great, but I, I received a large amount of false positives sometimes with those. So having that be the first stage and then having that either server or domain admin or something be the second stage and then just luring them in further and further. Do you, how, how often do you guys, uh, do you, even if you want to say this, Corey, do you guys actually see deception out there? A lot. A lot? Okay. Uh, I mean, again, me like, keep, I'm biased because the customers that I work with at Black yeah. are typically the most mature customers, but. Yes, we see it a decent amount. I would I would say if we don't see it, we recommend that customers implement it, even if it's just a curb roastable account that looks really juicy and sets off a oh, great glass alarm. It's like my favorite. basic, basic easy stuff. I would I would strongly recommend to customers. And we typically, if we don't see it, when you're talking about endpoint based deception, I would say that's maybe one in five, one in ten. Yeah. 
Um, you don't see that many uh, customers that are using like, and and it, they they are really annoying because we'll be running the, the ones that we've seen. I don't know the specific product, but like if you run Bloodhound from a host, it'll just be completely fake results. Like it'll be like it'll be completely it'll hook that process or whatever and just return completely fake results to Bloodhound or Sharphound or whatever. Ooh, I don't even know. So that I don't know what product is doing that. We've seen that one before, and it is funny because what we end up doing is just doing it. We just run Sharphound through like a proxy, you know, like we tunnel it, <laughs> we tunnel it in. And I will say, like to be perfectly honest, again, we've talked about tactics and whatever. We are moving to the point of like, essentially, as me as the threat actor, I am doing my best to never touch a managed endpoint at any cost. Like I, I am either. Deploying VMs in Azure, deploying VMs in ESX, putting VMs on existing hosts. Like, guess what? You can just download a portable QEMU and just run a VM. Mm. Um, or uh, tunneling traffic. Like, I don't want to touch the managed hosts. The managed hosts are the most... That is where the security effort has gone in for the last, like, five to ten years. So people... I Like, companies detect everything on their managed hosts pretty well. I haven't done a pen test in probably five years where they didn't see any traffic on a managed host. But... When I get into their Azure and deploy a new VM, just a completely clean slate, they probably won't notice that. Yeah. So that's and that's also what real threat actors are doing too. That's one of Scattered Spider's techniques is like get into ESX or whatever, deploy a VM. That's your that's now your beachhead. Like that is where you're operating for the rest of the engagement. So just something to keep in mind. Like Deception's really great, especially for insider threats or other like, you know, it's worth doing, but it isn't going to protect you always. Even then, like I haven't. Anything else. Another good point is I haven't seen a lot of good deception tactics based around cloud stuff, like I agree. Uh, how to set it up or any blogs about it either. So if anyone out there is like a deception guy, like if you'd throw a blog about how to like set up deception in AWS, I'd love you. The one that, you the stickers. one that I, I don't know <laughs> if anyone's done this, but the one that would be really awesome would be if you did a deception product that would fake the metadata service in AWS instances or other instances. So like it would just give you fake information in the metadata (laughs) or the, this is a, this is a windows 98 computer. You're like, what? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. You have to, you have to make them not too obvious. uh, But there are some, uh, especially the paid versions where uh, the advantage to those is you can change the uh, characteristics of that, that honeypot pretty quickly. We we did a exercise worth uh, uh, with a national guard unit, and they kept scanning the IP, and then we would change its personality, and they'd come back and scan it, and then maybe <laughs> this time they were like, "Oh, hey, it looks like a looks like HVAC. Why why would HVAC be in the DMZ? I don't know, but I'm going to try to run some some weird exploits, and and then they nothing happens, and then they come back around like, wait, wasn't this IP like? now it's a remote desktop server what the heck and so it, it i mean if you could sit there and and mash on the uh the buttons and keep them keep them busy that's you know that kind of goes into that annoy and attribute type uh you know tactics that you want to employ against the against the threat actor yeah for sure it's a good it, anything that's integrated into microsoft products we generally get a lot of we see a lot of benefit for our customers because where everyone's at, everyone has some Microsoft licensing, whether or not they use, you know, everything to its fullest potential. Maybe they don't, but most people do have some Microsoft licensing. So um, I do think it'd be nice if they rolled this out to lower tiers for sure. Um, and maybe they will in the future. But um, for now, it's a good start. But yeah, I think that's uh, 
I think that's a good place to call it. Everyone, uh, that's, that's it. Have anything? Last remarks. <laughs> last call. Last call. Uh, the FCC one was interesting, but I don't think it's too important unless anybody wants to talk. Well, well so so Ryan, you, let's let's cover some. You know what's happening at Black Hills? Well, what's going on? We got any oh, summits I... coming up? Any uh, snake oil? We do anything? We we got our snake oil question mark summit where we uh we talk about topics that may be snake oil or may not be snake oil and the discussion is I, is it snake oil or not yes. we're not trying to sell I, snake oil we're trying to decide is it snake oil <laughs> I, I felt like yeah, this could just like that real just like that k-12 <laughs> class that's what we're gonna do for us <laughs> yes so i don't oh know God. if yeah i we did we saw a pretty funny comment i don't know if it made it outside of like our internal bhis chats but some person like messaged us and was like Thank you so much for trying to sell snake oil. We were like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it was like, not- finally, finally summoning being honest about what they're selling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not the intention. The intention is to give people a platform to talk about certain pro- topics that they either think are snake oil or aren't snake oil. So I, I think it'll make a lot more sense once the talks come out. Are the talks uh, released yet, Ryan? Uh, we're starting to get them filled out. Uh, we have them. Yeah. We have them picked out. Uh, we're starting to get the schedule filled out this week. Once the schedule comes out, it'll make a lot more sense what the summit is really about. But looking through, you know, some of the submissions we got were things about, you know, oh, this this vendor's good, or this vendor's not good, or this whole part of the cybersecurity industry is bad. That was some of the good stuff. So um, it's more about like just having open and honest conversations about the way that we do things, you know, and whether they're. Are they good? Are they bad? Opening that discussion. So it's not about vendor bashing necessarily. It's just about, you know, opening the discussion from the perspective of, you know, a Frank and file employee or a CSO or whatever. Like what what is snake oil and what isn't snake oil? I'm really yeah. I'm really looking forward to Graham's or Sloth Boy. It's funny he says Sloth Boy in the chat to the right, but he actually says Graham in Discord, so whatever. But <laughs> I'm really looking forward to his and it's pretty much based around cyber education. And as someone who's done a lot of education and is like part of a boot camp that not really like doesn't really like the boot camp, but uh, <laughs> I'm really interested in what he has to say about it because I really want to do something like that. So you better you better knock it out of the park, Graham. If you don't, I'm wow. Upset. Wade setting the expectation. Wow, so high. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you haven't started writing that talk, I want to get on that. <laughs> if you're anything like me and you write your talk three days before it is, but yeah, um. I think that's a good place to call it. Thanks everyone yeah. for coming. And uh, I guess if you're in the US, have a good holiday week. Otherwise, have a good week. No, I'll no bummer we- news articles this week. It was great. Like we kept it on like a at least like a level playing ground the whole way. I'll it. say one more thing about what we're doing this week. We have a an anti-cast happening on Wednesday, uh, but nothing on Thursday because of course here in the US it's Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving, so we're not we're not working. But uh, so if you want to check out a webcast from us, we have one on Wednesday and I'll put that link in the chat as well. All right. And with Thanks, that, everyone. see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy gobble, Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>